0: You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.
2: Before we get this episode started, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And you know the best part of it is, Griff? I do, Will. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you head to the App Store or Google Play. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Griff. And it's Will. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Celtics Summer League, uh, how bad the Red Sox are, and the first week of NFL preseason. Let's do it. 67 points with 6.45 remaining. Tatum drives down. And Right up all right, guys, welcome back. Um, it's been a minute, but we have some things kicking off, such as the NBA Summer League, so we're going to start with that. Um, for starters, the Celtics are going to win it all. Yeah, the Celtics are nasty. I'm not really sure what is happening here. It's um I mean it's Pritchard's debut. It's gonna be his rookie year, even though it's not. Uh and Neesmith's debut because they didn't have a summer league. Um, and those two are like our main two pieces of this team. Pritchard's averaging 26 and 8 a game. Yeah, or so I'll round it out, disgusting. nine. And Neesmith is averaging 21 6 and 3 a game. I mean, they're nasty. Well, I mean we kinda of expected Neesmith to be like really, really good. Yeah, he was the best shooter in the draft. Yeah, so he like should he be doing what he's doing. Yeah, but not Pritchard though. No, but honestly, just you should just keep it up at this point. I want Pritchard. I think Pritchard's gonna lead us this year. I wanted to start so bad. I, well, with Schroeder, now we didn't even. We probably should oh talk yeah, we this. probably should have talked about that first before the summer, before the summer league. We signed Dennis Schroeder to five point six million dollars. He bet, he bet on himself. Ninety-five. He bet on himself to lose more money. than he wanted a hundred mil when he turned down the eighty-five, and he said, "I'm going to take this year, ball out. I'm going to get my hundred mil." That literally couldn't have gone any more opposite. Yeah, he signed for the veterans' window. He's not even a veteran. He's close enough. He's like a few years off, probably. Right? Yeah, he's like 27 years old, I think, or 26, something like that. So he's still young. He's still good. I think he's yeah. all right. And he's a pass-first defensive point guard, which I think offensive side, he's better than Marcus Smart is. Yeah, well, I think that's just because he doesn't really actually try to shoot. Yeah, exactly, which is exactly what we need at the one. I don't know how well that's going to – well, I mean, I think it will be fine. I think it will actually be pretty good for us i just think like it's gonna be weird if we run him smart brown tatum, tatum and then a mysterious number five approaches i don't know who it is but yeah like, and, like like people are saying al horford <laughs> i'm like we're not doing this again and then people are saying uh time Lord. i'm like literally we have the shortest lineup in the way i saw i saw a potential lineup that was dennis Schroeder. Brown, Tatum, so we're not running small ball. Mm -hmm. Rob Will at the four, and Horford at the five. I did see that one, too. I don't mind that one.
1: But the only thing is – Horford
2: can't be the only guy out there. Horford used to be paired with someone else. But to be honest, we don't really actually know how well he's, like – Going to be. Going to be. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, realistically, how many years has it been since he's been on the Celtics? Like, three? Four. Three, maybe two. two three. And he left with that much left on his contract, like, anyways. Yeah. So, like, we still would have like, it, it made a full circle in his contract. How old is he? I want to say he's, like, 34. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. What if he was, like, 25? No. I know he's not. He's 35. 35. Um, so, I mean, he's honestly, he can stretch it out the thing is he's short and that was the thing we used to always talk about when he was with the Celtics he's short so is Robert Williams those are our two centers and they're both six foot nine I mean at least like Jason Tatum is one inch shorter than we also have that other guy um we got from the Hawks oh um he's playing summer league right now for us right yeah um um uh, Bruno Fernando oh Bruno Fernandez yep yep Bruno Fernandes from Man U. Yeah, yeah, my boy Bruno Fernando. Um, I was actually so confused when we signed him. I was like, why did we get him? <laughs> like, I was like, why do we even need him? But he's actually pretty good. No, he's all right, and we do need him. But it's like we need someone better than him. Not even that. We probably need someone like a little bit taller. <laughs> we, like our dude, thing is hate like height. I like, am so confused. Like we find like, dude, you're thing- forgetting who's on our roster right now, and that's Luke Cornett. Oh, I forgot about Cornet Todd. Yeah, he he'll, he'll, he might start at the five. Um, like a really bad day. On um, like a really, really good day for us. I mean, it'll probably be a really good day when we decide that he's a good five to start. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No. Well, also, uh, more Celtics news. Um, Brad Stevens said he's not getting involved with the actual team. So, like, everything that, like, so he's doing all the moves. But he's not saying anything to He's not going like, to coach or anything. Like. like, he's not saying anything to him like to, for minutes for how to play them. Like, he literally said. As he shouldn't. Because I, I actually hate when GMs or owners step in. I think that was Ainge. Like, I think Ainge did that. Like, dude, why hire a head coach if you just want to be the head coach? Hire yourself. Just be head coach and GM. <laughs> just do it. Like, I think, oh, who was it? I think it was uh, Jerry Jones might have been, like, an interim head coach for himself. For the Cowboys, when they fired like, someone, wouldn't be surprised. And that, I mean, I know Jerry Jones is the GM of the Cowboys, but <laughs> like, dude, if you're the GM and you're in charge of hiring a head coach, just hire yourself. Yeah, like at the end of the day, if you can't find someone, you might as well just hire yourself. Just hire yourself. Like, what's the worst that's Who gonna knows happen? Better than the GM. You're gonna fire yourself. <laughs> you can't fire yourself. You can resign. Yeah, and then you hire another one, but you're still the GM. No, but if you resign as just everything, you just fired yourself but like you're not gonna do that though oh well, no that's just stupid like there's <laughs> no reason for anyone to actually do that all right but anyways uh the celtics are three and zero here in the summer league they squeaked by the hawks um their first game 85 to 83 ever since then it's been a scoring barrage look at the vocab uh we beat the nuggets 107 to 82 and we beat the magic 108 to 71. we're just like the best team ever yeah so we're gonna win um summer league championship before we win an nba championship um if we win the summer league can we have a duck bro parade because like i'd go because i don't know when the next time we're gonna have a parade is well i mean we can just pull a Kings and say we're gonna win the nba championship after winning the summer league remember when that happened i do remember the kings like literally just destroyed everyone in the summer league and then they just said okay guys we're gonna win a championship this year because like that was the year during their rebuild when actually their whole team was like under 23 so their whole team was in summer league yeah like that was their <laughs> starting lineup like yeah they literally played summer league and then like a few months later they just that like, was like yeah and that was their convinced. starting lineup they actually thought oh we should probably talk about that at some point too right yeah. you want to just throw it in here now Because yeah. like that's really all i have to say about the celtics yeah we're good that's all yeah yeah we're just gonna win we're gonna have a period. Um. Yeah, so before we get into anything else, um, probably should say that, uh, Messi signed with PSG. Yeah, you know, big soccer guys here. Um, Will, is this bad for the game? I don't think it actually really means anything. Just don't use them in FIFA against me. If you use them in FIFA against me, on am uninstalling FIFA. Like if, you, like, if I queue up into an online game and I see you're playing PSG, like, I'll either, like, try to beat you or just literally turn off PlayStation. What's your go-to team other than Manu in FIFA? Um it used to be Bayern. Okay. But like they're just not really that like good anymore. That was like when they had like like nasty, nasty players. Mm-hmm. Um I really didn't even have another team. Anymore. Mine is Sporting Portugal. Oh, Sporting. Yeah, yes. with Noon Minch. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's nasty. Best left back. He's only eighteen. Will. I mean, like, there's a lot of eighteen. Players. I know, but he is the chosen one. Whatever that means. <laughs> he, he's gonna. Well, he, he plays left back, but we all know in soccer you can just change your position, whatever. Because like they just play you where literally wherever they feel like. There was literally, I think Ruben Diaz played. on on Man City, he literally played right back, center back, and left back in, like, a week. Who? Kyle Walker played right back and goalie. Yeah, he could play goalie. Like, imagine, imagine, like... He's really short. No, yeah, but, like, imagine, imagine Tuca playing goalie and defense in hockey. I don't know if it translates the same way. What would translate the same way? I don't think anything in hockey can translate the same way. It's just cuz you're on skates. It's kind of weird. What about different? What about I mean, it would be kind of like Dion playing I don't, don't know, no, receiver, I don't think that translates that's like, like very yeah. well. Yeah, I think that trans No, I don't think that translates well cuz I think that's like cor- if you can play corner, you can play receiver. You you're only a quarterback cuz you can't catch. I mean for a lot of scenarios, yes. There's some that, yeah, that like can, they just like defense better. But, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, Messi, uh, PSG, that top three is now going to be Neymar, uh, Bappe, and Messi. Yep. And they also signed um, Ramos and Wijnaldum. They got Ramos? Yeah. I do not even know that. Um, that happened like right like there's the also season. there's also talks will out for next next year, and bappe out Ronaldo in that like definitely wouldn't ever happen. no, that's like serious talks. How does it even work? It's gonna be Ronaldo and Messi on the same club. no is that I'll believe it when I see it? I don't think that actually happened is that bad for soccer. <laughs> It literally doesn't matter because they play. Like, it only matters with Champions League. That's literally all it matters for. It doesn't actually – or Europa League. You know what would be cool, Will? If they took, like, the top six teams in the world and, like, just played on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. Here, we go again. Here we go again. They should try that out at some point. I don't know. I think I came up with that idea, but they should totally try that out. Yeah, we should probably talk to someone about that yeah we'll see if we can get that started my i would say like liverpool manu man city um and then maybe like PSG, um atletico madrid real madrid fc barcelona Chelsea. we'll throw tottenham in there because they have like money probably not arsenal but like probably no you know what yeah I probably wouldn't choose Arsenal. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't – I think that's good for soccer. Yeah, instead of playing at – in their actual, like, like London or, like, Spain or France, they just play at, like, UNC Stadium. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll play, like <laughs> – they won't play at, like, Gillette. They'll play at, like, the Yale Bowl in Connecticut. It's a good bowl. <laughs> and FC – FC Barcelona is taking on Man U at the Yale Bowl. Yeah. Like at Harvard like stadium. stadium. There's going to be like a total of like 10 people at the game. <laughs> All right. But anyways, that's going to have to wrap up our soccer talk because we don't care. Uh, moving on uh, to the MLB. I'm going to keep this section short, I believe, um, because it's been a sad post-All-Star break. We have lost. You can't get it going. The The Red Sox have lost 10 mm. out of their last first. Mm, 10 out of our last 13, not 14, 13 games, um, we demolished the Rays. Well, you went to that game. How was it? Um, it was pretty good. We left in, like, the seventh inning because it was, like, 16 to 1. Yeah. So, there was no chance that they were coming back. They scored eight runs, though, in the ninth off the 35-year-old Phillips Valdez. Yeah, and because of that, he's now on the Sox. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he got brought down for um Actually, I think I have a screenshot somewhere because I thought it was hilarious. Um, oh yeah, right here. Um, so yesterday, um, the Red Sox uh, recalled Tanner Houck from AAA to make room for Houck on the active roster. Uh, Phillips Valdez was optioned to Worcester following last night's game against the Rays. You know what I actually hate is what? the game that the Red Sox are playing right now. So Tanner Houck is a starter on the Red Sox, yeah. right? He plays every six days, but he gets bumped down when he's not starting. So, they can bring a reliever up. Yeah. So somebody else can pitch those six days. And then on that sixth day, they bump him up so he can start. So, I believe what they're going to do now, because they're going to need. So, sale is already on active. Roster. Sales playing tomorrow. Sale is playing tomorrow. So, what they're going to do is um, Valdez is going to stay. He's not coming back up, I don't think. Yeah. After that, I don't think he'll be up wow. for a while. And then. Um, They'll either they're gonna move someone from the starting rotation to a reliever, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna have Sale and um how starting rotation. So do be, right now. you think it would stay as a six man, or do you think it would be a five? I think we'll stay as a six man, and then playoffs will probably. Leave send someone down before we have to make our roster
0: yeah
1: if
2: we if we make the playoffs if we make playoffs. if we make the playoffs we'll send someone down and then we'll have another we'll have another guy in the pen and we'll be a five rotation see the thing is because if you have a six-man rotation it, it'll work it's just it our situation is not ideal for a six-man i mean a six-man if, ro- if we weren't going to be a wild card team a six-man rotation would be ideal because I mean, you have the first four pitchers, and then let's say it goes. Let's say you go to seven games. Mm-hmm. Regardless, your your number one will still in be bowl playing. Bowl. Will play on the game seven. It's just it's like it's like an odd way of having yeah. it. Yeah, because we're in the wild card, so your number two will be going out in your in that next series if you win the wild card. Do you think we could end the season hot still and get the one off the race? or do you think this is like the end? You think it's, it's a wild card or I a A lot has to happen. I think the Rays need to fall out somehow. Yeah, the Rays are hot right I now. mean, we're only four games behind. Five. Five now. Because of last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees lost, which helped a little bit. Um, the Orioles are just like not even. We don't them. have to worry about that. We don't them. have to worry about that. And then there's the Blue Jays. The, who are the actually... Blue Jays who are who are having a good post, um, All Star break like, run right now. Yeah. i take a look. So yeah, we are three games ahead of the Yankees, four games ahead of the Jays, and then we are five games from the Rays. Just four here, five from taking over, basically. Yeah. Five from being number one. Well, yeah. no, because they, we had a break in place. So we're five games, be, like five games just behind them. So yeah. if we win five games, they lose five games. We'll be tough. Yeah. So they need to, let's see who, well, I want, I'm just curious, is it like just to try to figure this out who they jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. They have like the easiest schedule ever. Okay, so their next six games are against Twins. the Twins and the Orioles. And then they play the White Sox. And then they only get the Phillies for two days, which is bullshit. And then the Orioles again. And then the Orioles. And then us. And then the Twins again. And then they play the Twins again. And then us the again. Twins. And then the Tigers. And then they play the Jays, Tigers, Jays, Marlins. Okay. Well, right, I'm Wait, they actually have the easiest schedule ever. They have a very easy schedule Except for honestly, they're going to get swept by the White Sox. I think. The White, the White Sox. Sox are good. White Sox are good. The Phillies will probably take both games against them. The Phillies are nasty. The Phillies are just hot right now. Yeah, and I think honestly, Twins are going to sneak one out for sure. The Orioles are sneaky. Okay. I think the Orioles will also sneak one out. So what do because we're facing the Orioles on I believe a three game slate right we now. We need to sweep them. Do you think we sweep them? Um. I think, who's pitching tonight for us in the first place? We'll definitely win tomorrow. Sale will definitely win his first. I think that's a guarantee. Oh, yeah. Well, so Sale's pitching tomorrow, which means it's Hauk, right? Hauk must be pitching. Oh, Hauk is pitching tonight because you brought him up. Hauk is pitching. I like Hauk. So that's a dub. (laughs) Sale is pitching tomorrow. That's a dub. I like Hauk. And then we're back to the beginning yeah so who it's not Evaldi it's Erod Erod then Evaldi and then Richards then Richards and then, Richards, and then okay, Pavetta, so, we, so and at Perks. this at this rate we should be winning four games in a row right now <laughs> yep and then once we get to um after Evaldi who's after Evaldi um Richards Richards that's probably, probably a loss and it probably the, was by like 40 and well, I mean, if see if we go down by more than four runs before the second inning. Oh no, Pavetta's pitching tonight. Oh, that so it's still a dub. Okay, so a dub. So that means. So let's let's just. So Pavetta tonight. Oh, so that means we should be winning five games then. Yeah. Okay, so boom, we're in first place. If the Rays lose five games to to the Twins and Orioles. I don't see that happening. Okay, so ready, no, so I have ready. cut it down to three. We have Pavetta tonight on ESPN plus, so make sure you tune in. Um, and then we've got sale going tomorrow, and then we have Erod, then Evoldi, then Haup, then Pavetta, then sale, then Rodriguez and Evoldi. I don't see a Perez or a Richards will. No. So that means that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight dubs. We're gonna sweep the Yankees again. I'm c- kind of confident in that. The Yankees aren't actually good. I really think that we can sweep. And then the Rangers are like, they're they have some young guys on that team that can actually kind of carry them a little bit, but I don't think it'll be good enough. Okay, so we ran through the Rays roster. So let's do this here. We're we're saying I'm I'm just going to be realistic. We should be able to. So within the next week and a half, we should be able to cut this. If if everything goes the right way, we should be able to cut first place to at least three games at least three maybe four or i mean maybe two maybe, maybe two. two definitely three if everything goes right yeah i mean because i think we can take two out of three against the orioles two out of three against the yankees two out of three against the rangers i honestly think we can like this is if everything goes planned accordingly mm-hmm. if we can get the bats going which we've had bats going it's just been the pitching yeah but sale coming back and that meaning Martin Perez and Garrett Richards aren't starting actually is big, which means what is that rotation? Cause Pavetta sale, Erod Evaldi how so it's a five man. But how, how are Richards and Perez not starting? They must've. Have... Oh, cause how was the sixth? They got rid of two. They added one. So that equals five. That's pretty yeah. basic math. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um. So, yeah, I think we can take two out of three against the Yankees, two out of three against the Rangers. Um, the Twins might be tough against us, but I think we can take two out of three against there, too. I I don't know how we're going to do against uh, the Cleveland baseball team. I think that might be back to our losing ways, because then we play Tampa again, then Cleveland again, then Tampa again, and then the White Sox. Those are some very difficult series back to back to back to back.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and then we go to Seattle, which I think we can win. Those Baltimore, then the Mets for a two-game slate. Yankees, Orioles, and the Nats. Okay, we have a tough schedule. We do. Okay, so I figured I figured out what we did here. So we sent um, Edward Bazzardo down to um, the Red Sox. Don't even know what that is what the hell down. To the, what even is that? That's the Florida. The Florida. Okay, that does then this doesn't make any sense. I was gonna say, I like didn't read what that said at first. I thought we sent him down for how old is he? Because I thought the Florida league you have to be like below 20. He I guess not 25. been two games, yeah. I was gonna say he was on our um oh, it's for rehab, yes, because I was saying like, he played. I um, so yeah, so that probably makes him throw him five. Yeah. So whoever, wherever he was, someone we took someone out of the starting rotation yeah. for him. So that's good because that moves Perez and Richards to our bullpen. Which I mean, they're not the best, but they're better than what we have in the bullpen. Yeah. And then we sent Kyle Schwarber back down yesterday, so he is not rumored to be playing today in Boston. So he should be playing today in Worcester. Oh, go Woo Yeah. Um. I think that's it, honestly. Yeah. So I say we move on. Oh, actually, wait. Bef- oh. before we move on, oh yeah, let's talk about the Field of Dreams game. Yeah. It was so real- Field of Dreams happened last night. Uh, we were recording say, Friday. Today's mm-hmm. Friday. Today's Friday. So Thursday of this week. Um, it was an interesting one. It was cool. It was definitely a cool game. Um, Yankees still managed to lose the game that they were losing the entire time. They were winning in yeah. the top of the ninth, and then, um. Tim Anderson had something to say about that. Tim Anderson is so cool. Tim Anderson yeah. has been cool for like the past few years, but the White Sox haven't like been good.
1: They've been like they, on they and been, off, they've been know? on and off. Like last this year was, year was like a solid good. year for
2: them. Yeah, like, like I was gonna, we didn't talk about this uh last episode. We didn't, well, we did actually talk about the MLB, but we didn't talk about like standings. Yeah, like we talked about, about the trade. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, like, beginning of the year, we were all like. We're all hyping up Padres to win. Actually, that that moves along with what I'm saying too. So, um, Tatis is rumored to be playing outfield now. Yep. For injury, so like because he just literally does dumb shit at shortstop and gets he hurt. He leads the league in uh in uh, errors at shortstop. too. Well, because he tries to dive for everything, and then as soon as the ball like touches his glove, and then he can't get up to like make the play, it's like yeah, an error. It's mm-hmm. it literally like it's stupid but he like probably saved a double every single time i think i mean tatis is like super athletic he can move very very well but i still think that they have better options in the middle of the infield now that they uh made that trade with who's the dude from the pirates that they just got um i forgot because they've been playing croninworth um, at shortstop adam frazier and then frazier at second and i Think that's like very good and it's working yeah, for them. I think too. it's fine. And I mean, like, I don't think a transition to the outfield would be that off for him because he's very fast, so like he, I mean, he can make up a lot of ground very quickly. He played the outfield, uh, he wasn't like a full time shortstop, he played the outfield, yeah. He made the transition either last year, maybe halfway through the year before. Like, but to start off, he got drafted as like a utility guy, but he like. Kind of like a bet on himself situation to play shortstop. Yeah, well, I mean, like it. Sh- that's why I said it. it shouldn't be like bad. Who drafted him? Because it wasn't the Padres. And, oh, it was. As you figure that out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a few more things to get through. Yeah. For uh, so yeah so so Field Dreams game happened. I was gonna say we were, to, oh, we were all on the Padres, and then obviously Dodgers are favorites because like they're they won last year. And they just acquired literally, like, literally the best players in the league. Um, but I was gonna say, I think the White Sox should be. I honestly, I think the White Sox are going to win the World Series this year. I think they have a great shot at it. I think it's weird in the NL West. They they have the best seven, eight, nine punch in the league. Yeah, like the and like it's not like you're not going to notice it now, but when they're in a series and they can bring seven, eight, nine out every single game, mm-hmm. it it's over. Yeah, no, that's true, and yeah, the White Sox. I don't. I just hate Tony La I mean, he's like, he's just happy, no fun. Yeah, he just doesn't like to have fun. But everyone, Tim and everyone, and Every, everyone actually, on, on, on that the White team Sox. is like cool. Yeah, like, they're cool. And they and they also, like they they have Eloy back, which is like literally like actually Will's favorite player in the MLB. He told me. Before yeah, Eloy is so cool. He her got hurt near the beginning of the season. Came back this week and already has five home runs. Okay, so I think I figured out who traded. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. Okay, so when he was 15 years old, he got traded. Oh, Oh, my God. Hear me out. He got (laughs) – wait, where is this? Why is it not showing me the team? Okay, so they they traded pitcher James Shields, who's an all-star pitcher, Mm -hmm. World Series champion, Um, and it was a 17-year-old, Fernando Tatis, who was at the time playing in the Dominican League Uh for the – do you see it? They didn't say what Dominican team he was on. No, but I've seen pictures of him because, like, you know, we've seen pictures of Jason Dominguez. When he was playing for the Dominican League for the at East. least we think that's Jason Dominguez. <laughs> yeah. Where, 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 where? Dude, I'm having such a tough time with this. Well, White Sox. He played for the White Sox, Dominican team. Imagine Fernando Tatis on the White Sox right now, because that's where you would be right. if I they didn't trade him. he Was on the White Sox. I actually knew that. I forgot he was on that team before he got i didn't know how he got on the padres but i but i didn't know he like technically the white Sox. yeah in their farm system yeah yeah see here he is how do they fold that hard i mean they that, even, i mean they're they're doing well for themselves now but, oh i mean they have tim anderson what like who do they have at shortstop i believe it's tim anderson but he played second no you're right he plays shortstop so yeah. yeah, I mean they're still doing well for themselves, but that would be cool if they'd move Tim Inch in the second half, Tatis at short or Tatis in the outfield. Cause that's where he's playing now. Yeah. So well they don't it's not like a hundred percent yet, but they're trying to figure they're out they're working him out there. They're trying to trying to see what how that will work out in their um in their lineup. And then there's one other thing I was gonna say about the field of dreams again. Oh yeah well Tim Anderson walked it off. Yeah, pretty much in the bottom of the ninth after literally we thought the game was over. That game was honestly insane. I think they should do it every year. Did does that count as a regular season game or or was that like an exhibition? That that counted as a win. Okay, because I heard that it was an exhibition game. And then I was confused because then I heard that it wasn't. It shouldn't have been considered an exhibition game. I'd be surprised if they count as an exhibition game, especially in their first year. After a COVID season. Yeah, because it was like a game. Because like they like, make, they like, yeah, like, they played 130, 130. <laughs> yeah, and like, why would they just randomly do that in the middle of the week? Yeah, like, that makes zero. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it counts. It counts. Yeah, it should sure have Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't know why. I just I think that, that might have been before. Um, like, the beginning of the season, they didn't yeah. know if they, what they wanted to do about that. But um, another thing that I wanted to add about the Field of Dreams game mm-hmm. is I enjoyed looking at that field so much that I don't think only they should have it once a year. I think it should be the host. You know how, like, the Pro Bowl was always in Hawaii? Yeah. I think that should be where the All-Star game is that's like see that like, that's a good idea it's just they can't hold that many. Fans. they don't have that many fans exactly yeah. so we build a bigger stadium in the cornfield and it, we just have like three decks going around the first base and third baseline so that so the outfield is outfield still corn just, yeah that could work i was gonna say i think they should have um a full series well
1: there.
2: not this isn't about the the location but Iowa, in general, there's no teams around Iowa. No, they should have a team in Iowa. That's a big baseball state. Yeah, I'm surprised I mean, they don't. Like- the mid middle of America is literally baseball. Like that's what they do. They play baseball. Yeah, so I don't know why there's they, no teams there. There's, there's no teams there, and I was gonna say they should have a full series that like it shouldn't just be the Field of Dreams game. It should be the Field of Dreams series. Because to be honest, there's not enough. Series in like baseball that people actually care about. You know what they should do? So, the World Series, whoever plays in the World Series at the same time as they did it this year, they should have a series. And the team from the AL, the team from the NL play against each other at the Field of Dreams, and it's three games late. What do you mean? So, all right, this would be easier if I could say teams. So, let's say the Rays and the Dodgers. Yeah, let's say they go back to the World Series again this year. Whoever wins doesn't matter. Let's just say Dodgers win. Um, next year at around this time, just because like they were the two teams that played against each other in the World Series, mm-hmm. they play a series in the Field of Dreams. Not like a winner. It doesn't. It's not like a winner. I like think it's just it's, like a regular it's not like three, like three the NFL league. like Thursday night game is always the winner. Of, you know, yeah. Football. Yeah. Kind um, of something like that. I feel like that, yeah. That could work. It's just the way they align the schedule. It's always um, you always play every every four. West Coast team, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you play. I forgot forgot how it's exactly lined up because it's still about the AL AL East this year. Mm-hmm. So we won't play the AL East for another four years.
0: Winner.
2: The NLEs. I mean the NLEs. My bad. We play the NLEs. That's what I going to say. So we won't play the NLEs for another four years. Yeah,
0: it's the same as, a
2: mix. Of, it's the same in NFL. Yeah. So we we won't. Yeah. So we won't well, see. No, that's why I'm saying because like you don't play that team that often. Yeah. So you throw that in there as like a wow, this is cool. Let's play it at the Field of Dreams. Let's get our TV ratings up because those were the best two teams from last year. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know how it was designed for both of them to play if they were, like... Yeah, I don't know why it was White Sox-Yankees. I think it's because... I think it was White Sox-Yankees because uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. I and, think like, the whole Field of Dreams actual movie. Well, yeah, th- that's why. But I think they only could... That's why people are saying do it every single year and just change the teams. Mm-hmm. Because they won't play again for another four years. Yeah. Like, it's not the Olympics here. we like, we're not going to get a feel of dreams. in live with four years. <laughs> all right. But anyways, moving on, we have NFL preseason. Um, We had a little taste. We had the Hall of Fame game, which was, like, cool and all. Um, But Thursday night, we had a few games with the Steelers-Eagles, um, which Jalen Hurts played, I think, two series. And then yep. Flacco came in. I think he threw for like 200 yards. It was like 187 yards or something like that. And uh, the shining star for the Steelers was Dwayne Haskins. I think he threw for like 160 yards. Um, But the big game that I would guess whoever is listening to this cares about since we're from New England is the Pats game. Um, the Pats took on the Washington football team, which Will was at work, but I watched for us because I'm not a Pats fan. But I was actually interested to see – on how Mac Jones was going to do... That's the name, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why I, like, said Mac Jones, and it just didn't sound right. Netflix kind of just sounds weird saying, like, other QBs' names. In yeah. It's yeah. Just, like, yeah, no, because, like, cause I knew his name was right. Mac Jones, but, like, it just didn't sound right. Yeah, no, But anyways, no. uh, so, like, the little Mac Jones versus Noon thing. So, I'm just going to give you my outtakes from the game, because mm-hmm. I watched it. Um... First off, the Washington football team is good. Yes. They played a lot of their starters. Chase Young had a great stack um, on Cam Newton, of course. Um, Their defense is good. Their offense is good. So that's point one that I had. I like the Washington football team this year. I liked them last year as well. I enjoyed watching Taylor Heineke play. Uh, All right. Take number two. Um, This was actually the first game that I've actually watched this season. I didn't watch the Hall of Fame game because I was at work last week. Um the numbers will mm-hmm. those are weird. Matthew Judon, I think he wears like number nine. I thought he was playing strong safety, like for Auburn. Like I thought, like, because he was playing like the slot, but he was still rushing in. I was like, whoa, 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 like who is this? But it was Matthew Judon. And then um it's it's really weird getting used to the numbers. Jalen Pay the Bills Mills wears number two. Yep. And he was guarding someone on the Washington football team, a rookie for them who also wore number two. (laughs) So it was number two versus number two. So that just really threw me off. I love it, but it's gonna take a little bit for me to get used to it. Yeah. Because usually if you don't know a player, but you see their number, you know what position he plays. Yeah, now it's just all mixed up. Now it it could be anything. Like you could have the fattest dude in the whole entire world be playing nose tackle and he could be number one and it would look hilarious. Um. But also, what I wanted to say was, I saw highlights of a game. Michael Parsons wearing 11 this sick. He's really cool. And Michael Parsons, in general, I think Micah Parsons might be the best rookie. Yeah, uh, like he's definitely has like the best. Actually, like, the I say like expectations wise. Yeah, think it's definitely there. Like he could be the focal point to that Cowboys defense, which I'm actually going to talk about the Cowboys after we talk about a few more things. Um, point number three, Mac Jones, in my opinion, um, as you know, Will, we're Boston sports fans. Mm-hmm. So we get overhyped and we jump to conclusions very quickly. So I'm going to jump to a conclusion. Matt Jones should start week one. I agree um I've kind of been saying that I think like if Mac like I always like I said that Mac Jones is a good pick. like yeah you know, I was I mean it was kind of like we knew it was gonna happen too like we yeah knew and then everyone was like oh I don't know if he's actually gonna be like and then like when fields started home. to fall before yeah. the Bears picked him up, we we're like wow you guys are gonna get or you were saying we're gonna get fields which would have been sick but Mac Jones I mean he's a national champion I mean he looked so I'm gonna be like like fair here the expectation was obviously there we want him to be good we think he's going to be good Mm -hmm. but there was just no like understanding that he was actually going to be yeah that good we're like okay you know he might just be an absolute like fold like for like we were thinking like first piece of the game might be like awful right and then the next game he might be awful again like we don't actually know if like he is like ready yeah and i i watched i was actually like super tuned in i was obviously i was playing video games um while i was watching it because mm-hmm. like i'm not just gonna watch a preseason game and do nothing else mm-hmm. um, but I, I was tuned in like solely focused didn't even pick up my phone during his first drive mm-hmm. he handed the ball off on first down which i mean just get like used to it that gets the jitters away second down he throws they ran for like four yards second down he throws a dot like a perfectly placed pass low point um, I, I believe it was to Jacoby Myers. It was like a 20-yard in route. Jacoby Myers makes a great catch. They call it incomplete, which happens. I yeah. mean, because not only are the players getting their rust off, so are the officials. Mm-hmm. So there's no blame to the officials. The, obviously, they missed a few calls. The, around all the games that played last night and end the games in the Hall of Fame game, it's week one. Yeah. You know, you missed a few false starts. It happens. I don't think it'll happen in the Raiders game, but it happens. You know, some people just need to get the rust off it's been a while yeah. since the last time that they officiated so no hate towards the officials this is a this is actually an official friendly podcast 100 percent. so yeah i mean some players hold on their first first snap some officials miss a small call on their first snap you know yeah. it, it's the same thing as the players there shouldn't be no hate but anyways they missed that call they called it incomplete it was definitely a complete pass but it was a tough call to make Third down, he throws a beautiful like, it's kind of like a button hook route, but it's like an out. I don't even know what it's called. It's like you know, you kind of like take like ten yards and you cut back, but you don't cut inside; you cut outside towards the. uh like a hook. Yeah, kind of like that. He threw that like a back shoulder catch. It was perfectly placed for a first down. After that, I think you want. I think he threw a screen. He threw a plethora of different passes out of a plethora of different formations. He ended the game 13 for 19. Only threw for 87 yards. Um, But it was kind of one of those games where it's a rookie game. Either a rookie is terrible or they're kind of scared and they don't do good. Or what Mac Jones did was he was, I would say, scared. Like not like scared shitless, but just didn't want to mess up. Yeah. To the point that, he just made the smartest moves. Which, I mean, is what you want. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you're looking at the Patriots offense last year and this year, it's 100% different one, obviously, because we have another QB possibly in the mix, as well as the weapons that they uh, got in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you have to take a look at it this way. Like, Cam Newen, I mean, if you compare both of their performances, it was completely different. Cam Newen still looked the same as he did last year. Yeah. Just, like... A little bit more on his feet. Also, we said this before the pod. I was like, I swear that Cam Newton is under pressure the entire time. Mac Jones didn't like. He looked nervous, obviously. Well, no, he didn't look nervous. He played like he was nervous, but he didn't look nervous yeah. at all. Like he looked really like composed. And like, I mean, that's not really how they played in Alabama. Like conservative passes the whole time, right? But like, all he needs to do was that, and like the pass would be successful. Well, and not only there was a few passes where it was deep passes and, and they, they were, were opens. And I I don't mean he's making the smart decision as in he's only throwing like little dump downs, like smart decisions as these people are open. Yeah. And he'll he'll throw it deep too. And he's just straight up making the right calls where it's like some rookies get scared and they want to be a hero where he was scared and he just did what he was doing. What he was supposed to do. And the, the thing that I wanted to say about Cam and that's different from Mac is the way that Cam and Mac play are so different. Yeah. Where yeah, Cam is so not protected because the thing is that offensive line has no idea what he's gonna do. They well, don't yeah, know if he's gonna run so out of the stupid, pocket. Stupid, and but. they don't know where he's gonna be in the pocket. They don't know because he could easily take a few steps up and go in front of them. He could easily take steps to the left, steps to the right, where they know Mac likes to be in the pocket. So it's yeah, that, that's the big it's issue. Easier assignment, that right? was the bigger issue in Seattle. With that offensive line is Russ is gonna move. So you need to find offensive linemen that are willing to move with him and be a little bit smarter. It's harder to block for someone like Cam Newton than it is for Mac Jones. And that makes the offensive line feel less pressure to be moving around and just be able to block and keep their defensive linemen ahead of them. And that allows Mac, which he does best, to scan the field, which he did very well last night. To scan the field, and it's he looks at his first option, second option, third option, whereas Cam looks at his first and second option, and then he'll move around and try to make a play for himself, where Mac kind of lets his offensive line do the work, stays in the pocket for as long as he possibly can, which is what Tom did, Mm -hmm. and he'll look at all five options on the field and wait for them to get open. He won't try to force it, be a hero. When he doesn't need to be, which was just exactly what you want to see from a team that's coached by Bill Belichick and a team that for 20 years played the exact same way that Mac just tried to play last night. Yeah, which makes sense. And I wasn't saying like between like comparing them that way, but what I was trying to say was like, now I'm all over the place. I lost what I was gonna say.
0: Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts Catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages... This is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers.
2: What I was going to say was, if you're the Patriots, right, and you sit down and you have a quarterback like Cam Newton. and before I say anything about Cam Newton to clears things up you even you can contest this he's been my favorite player for a while not on the patriots literally since yeah. he's been in the league like kind of the same way that herbert is but herbert's only this is the second year. Herb, yeah oh my god we need to talk we'll talk yeah. oh i won't talk about herbert just in general Later. um so patriots bring on a qb of that style where he moves out of the pocket he likes to run but it also has an a great arm, which the Pats have never seen ever. Pats, but the Pats have never had right. So like they're obviously not prepared. But at, at the same time, you've seen him enough times, and you have him on the team for a full year. How do you not like? He's going to be your starter, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Your offensive line obviously have to adjust their game plan. How do you not even want to enforce that? Because I shoot you not like because what what I mean by this is like Mahomes comes to the. The Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Their offensive line played out of their mind. Not in the Super Bowl, but they played out of their mind. They have for the past few years. the past few years. And he's a similar play style where literally he actually can do anything. Cam Newton, you can kind of predict which way he's going to go based off of the play, yeah, a little bit. But that's because of the offense they have him in. Mm-hmm. Like Mahomes could literally be not even facing the right direction, throw the ball behind him, and it's like an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, and Their offensive line is there for the most part. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like Lamar Jackson, but he does a little bit more different. He like loves to run the ball, but can also throw the ball. And he literally just does anything like he's like literally like using moves in the backfield. And it's like nuts. But all three of them have a similar style, but they all do it their own way. Mm hmm. My, my confusion is is when you have a player like Cam Noon and your offensive line is set up for that full year. How do you not even like? I mean, understand COVID limited them in practices and stuff like that. But how do you not even like like think? Let's change the way we're playing for like even a second because you have to adjust so quick. Obviously, with those limited practices, which obviously makes it a big difference. But this year, they didn't. That wasn't the case. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I get it's week one. It's a different. It's a different like thing that pats also lost a few offensive linemen this year mm-hmm. which changes a little bit of it but even in general like you have to like take that into account that you're playing with a different quarterback that plays completely different than you've ever seen how do you not want to like it, it just it's so frustrating watching it mm-hmm. especially last year it makes it more frustrating because obviously the practices were limited like i said but even week after week you just watch it happen you just crumble it, it's just so like I I don't get it. Like, yeah, and I, I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, I like I'm trying to like. Well, I kind of want to. Yeah, least. I kind of wanted to clear things up because the way that I'm taking. Tell me if I'm wrong or right. The way that I'm taking what you say is we're talking about the way that the old line.
1: Blocks, like in my opinion, right? it,
2: like them, the old line itself, it can't be all at fault. Is what I'm not saying that. Yeah but no yeah the you're co- saying co- that the co- not, It doesn't look like they're trying hard enough to make this work. So I. Th- what i'm kind of thinking is happening is there's different obviously different game plans for blocking ways of blocking for a different quarterback right mm-hmm. well yeah and um the th- weird thing about last year is they had the same alignment that they had with tom brady where it was kind of just you just block right whereas with cam newton you can't just block because Say your left tackle, who I don't – has it been Isaiah Wynn? Yeah, it's been Isaiah Wynn the past few years. So Isaiah Wynn is so used to just keeping the guy in front of him, whereas if you're keeping the guy in front of him, he could just turn around because Cam Newton can be all the way in the left side of the field. That makes it so difficult that even if you are changing your blocking plan, that is such a difficult change for an offensive lineman because, in my opinion – you can you can scrutinize me all you want. Whoever listens to this even will. Offensive line is the hardest position to play. I agree. It's the toughest job in the league because you, it literally the entire offense relies on you yes. to block the play. And and I wasn't saying it's like all their fault and like and right if, yeah no like them changing is 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 a big difference from the quarterback they're playing. But like he's all the way on the left. And and what also what I forgot to mention is it's also one where I said they're not doesn't look like they're trying hard enough to make it work. It's also the biggest lack of communication I think yeah. I've ever seen between the quarterback and the offensive line, because like Cam Newton's moving to the left. Like, I don't care. Like, I feel like in that situation, if he's moving that far out, because he moved very far out last year, many yes. many times. Many times. Like literally scream, I'm moving this way because there's no way I'm gonna be able to pass this ball. Yeah. And then he like throws like a weird sidearm into the dirt because he's like afraid of being picked off. That that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Where it's when you're blocking for some for a pocket quarterback, for someone that stays in the pocket, you don't have to like really even talk because you know where he's gonna be, you know. Yeah, you know, whereas you have, you have Cam Newton where he's gonna be Cam Newton, out, it's like and block. this is why they picked up Trent Brown again. Yeah, and this is why they have Shaq Mason, and that's why they have Isaiah Wynn, three young guys that are gonna be forced. Because you can They're even say Trent to Brown. Because Trent this. Brown was with the Raiders, right? Yeah, he was in a system with Derek Carr, who I would say is a pocket passer, he but he he bit. can move a little bit. Where it's it was good that Trent Brown left for that year for you guys,
1: because uh, now
2: he he's in a totally different situation where Trent brown is a superstar right tackle who is going to be able to communicate and going to be able to listen to david andrews is in charge right and david andrews i don't think played in this preseason game much but david andrews the center is the most vocal person on the offense Mm -hmm. they're in charge of pretty much everything so if the center sees anything they have to call it out yeah and that's during the play as well Now, when you have Ted Karras out there, which I believe they had, and James Ferenc, it made it a little bit more difficult yesterday because for these two guys that are fighting potentially for a starting job at left guard or at center, they are so focused on keeping their man in front of them, they really can't be focused on where Cam is going and calling out where Cam is going. And that's the things that we're going to see throughout the preseason where when the regular season hits and David Andrews is in there for 17 games and, and Shaq Mason is there and Trent Brown is there and Isaiah Wynn is a little bit too young. And I don't even know who this left guard is. Will on when he's new, right? He is new. Yeah. So a new guy out of Michigan, Is he a second year guy or first year guy. He didn't play last year. He's a first year guy. So um, the left side is young the right side is not as young, but haven't been together for the past few years. David Andrews has been hurt. Mm-hmm. That's going to make it difficult to block for Cam Newton, because like we said with the Chiefs, that offensive line that they had, they had before they had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The, the biggest thing with an offensive line is the way that they gel. All five of those guys are in charge of literally running that whole offense. Because you could let them by and in half a second, the quarterback could be sacked or the running back could lose three yards. The way that they communicate is so important that for preseason game one, I know Cam, we saw the play against Chase Young. And there was just a lot of times where it seemed like Cam had to get the ball out in less time than Mac did. But what I'm going to say here is it was good that we saw that Mac had a lot of time. It was good that we saw that for Cam's sake, because we know that that offensive line can block. And once they start to gel even more, they're going to get more comfortable. They're going to be able to communicate, and they're still going to be able to block, but they're going to be able to talk. They're going to be able to shuffle other ways to help Cam out, because we now we know they can block. Yeah, we know they can block, and uh, and um, and like I was going to say, they did a great job for Mac. Obviously, Mac doesn't really move do that often. Yeah. Before. Even at all, honestly, I don't think and he moved at all out of the pocket in that I, game. I don't think I don't think he did. Either. I didn't but see I was saying in general, even going back to like last year, like obviously there wasn't a lot of time to figure everything out, but like it's just like it, it's it's such like a it like it works both ways because you're also playing one of the hardest positions in the league. Mm-hmm. and then at the same time, there's just no communication. It doesn't even look like they care An- another thing, not the offensive linemen caring. it right. just didn't look like. Honestly, anyone cared mm-hmm. that that like that was the main problem because honestly, that was the biggest problem. It was that Cam Newton played awful? He played awful because like he had literally no help. All right, and then two, the no help caused him to move out of the pocket every play, and there was no blocking because they have zero clue what the hell is going to happen. And then, then then they go into the next week and they're like, all right, guys, rinse and repeat.
1: Like that's yeah, basically exactly. what I was for the entire season. That's
2: that's exactly what I was just about to say. Where it's that game plan that the Patriots had last year, for the first time in our lifetime of watching football, Will, mm-hmm. that was the first time I've ever seen a Patriots game where I am watching it and I know what's going to happen from that offense. Because even yeah. with Tom, Tom's not going to run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know where Adelman's going to be. I didn't know where Gronk was going to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where Brandon Cook was going to be for that season. I didn't know the routes that they were going to be on. But when when they line up with that fullback on their right, and the running back behind them and Cam is taking that out of shotgun in the red zone. I know for a hundred percent fact they are running that stupid ass play where it's like a quarterback dive. Yeah, it's stupid. And yeah. they ran yeah. it four times against the Seahawks and it worked twice. And they ran it for the fifth time to win the game and they lost it. Like why? Like that- Pete Carroll was serious. Pete I'm Carroll so guessed what Bill Belichick be was gonna do. Pete Carroll guessed what Bill Belichick was about to do, and he was right. And I love Pete. I am a diehard Seahawks fan. Pete Carroll should not be out coaching Bill Belichick, and nobody should be coaching out coaching Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. That's what I, what, what I was saying. And was that was just a look lack like of any, time. It didn't look like anyone actually cared. And then the the second thing is I literally stopped watching the Patriots. Like I, yeah. like, I mean, one I like would have each individual game, like like not each individual game. I have the Pats on, them and I'd have yeah red zone on obviously and and then literally after the seahawks week because that week they played sunday night so i could actually watch that game and not like be focused on just red zone because honestly like if like i don't even mind not watching the the full game Mm -hmm. of like the pats most of the time i'm fine with just watching red zone red zone just more entertaining yeah and obviously last year too that I already knew it was gonna happen every single game. Like nothing special actually happened. Right. If anything cool happened, I would have seen it on red zone. Yeah, but like yeah, I would yeah. watch I watched like the first like five, six weeks like individually. After that, I just stopped because I was like, there's just no there's point. There's no point. There's no point. I don't want to watch Cam Newton do a shotgun QB dive every <laughs> other play. Or even like it was like such a weird play. And that's what I mean. This look like they actually cared because they knew right. they weren't doing anything. Yeah, no, it, it's just such a – I think that this year with training camp and preseason, it's really a chance for Cam and for Bill Belichick to I – know, I know Bill Belichick had a deep bag of what he wanted to do with Cam Newton because he's so versatile that he really couldn't implement with that Patriots squad last year just because of a lack of time, no preseason, and no training camp. But they have that this year. The only difference is they there's a quarterback battle. Last year, there wasn't because it was Cam and it was Stidham and it was Hoyer. And we knew Cam was going to play. But we, yeah. they didn't have the training camp and the necessary – it was necessary for them to have preseason. So they can implement a whole bunch of option plays, a whole bunch of play fakes, a whole bunch of bootlegs, like all of that. But instead, like I said, there was only like five plays that like they ran often. They ran, like, the same five plays very, very often. And it was, like, the little, the little dump down to James White, which we've seen for years. Like, they were playing Madden, And, and, like and, and it was the, the QB dive in the red zone. And it was the little slot slant that didn't work for them, where Cam Newton throws it, like, kind of side on because his shoulder doesn't work. And I, I, I wanted to bring that up as well. Cam Newton, the way he's been throwing again, or not the way he's been throwing, but the way he threw last night, he still kind of looks uncomfortable. There I don't think he can throw it far. Work out when we signed all those wide receivers and tight ends. Uh huh. He was there throwing normal, like over. Yeah. Or and because Cam, normal. dude, Cam, and I know he was your favorite play for a while. He was also my favorite play for a while. We yeah. loved Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, he was I so- loved
2: him. I remember literally. I've been a Seahawks fan for a while. But I remember Broncos, Panthers, I wanted the Panthers to win so bad. And that was part dislike of uh, Manning because I, I don't know why I just don't like Peyton Manning. And I'm not like a huge Manning. That was like Manning. me Manning. loving Cam Newton because Cam Newton was the, the in-between of Mike Vick and Lamar Jackson. He was that filler spot where he was just the coolest person. Like he was just cool. Yeah, he was just, like, cool, and I was, like, genuinely upset when they lost. I was like, that's it. But the way that he used to throw was so smooth, and just, like, everything about his game was so smooth, where last year we saw it, and I know it's because of injuries, he's just not smooth anymore. He's big, and he's clunky, where he used to be big and smooth, and it was, like, sick. It was so cool, but now he's just big and can't move the same way that he did, and he can't throw the same way that he did. I don't think Cam Newton can throw a sixty-yard pass, like accurate. Where I think I Mac can really sling the hell out of the ball. Mac is going to be able to sling the ball, and like, it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, I just really hope they don't mess up any decisions. Like, meaning, like if Cam Newton's playing better, and play him. Yeah, Jones is playing better, play him. Like, like don't like don't account of, like anything other than that.
1: Yeah, because it's literally just
2: it's going to be a useless season again. Exactly. Um. So that brings me on. We have a bunch of QB battles going on in the NFL, and I put together a few of them, and Will added one as the last one. Um. And he was being dead serious. So we'll get to that when he's being dead serious. Um. But I'm just gonna say we're gonna go down this list, and I think we say not who's gonna be the Week One starter, but who's gonna be the Week. Fifteen starter, you know, like when it matters, the winner, basically the winner. Who's yeah. gonna be the winner? Yes. Um. So that starts Cam versus Mac. Um. Mac Jones is gonna win the QB battle, I think. I have Cam. I think it should be Mac. I think they're gonna give Cam one more year. I think Mac Jones will start a few games, but I think overall Cam's gonna be like the guy. I think it should be Mac. What What I think is gonna happen? Cam's gonna start the season. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play the first like four or five weeks and then they're gonna be like okay let's let's test this out with mac jones because Cam- i think Cameron will be fine in the first four or five weeks like he'll be fine and they're be like okay why don't we test out mac just to see what we're getting here? and, and mac will bugs. start like two to three games and that first game will be all right the second game he'll actually be very very good yeah like, he'll look really good the third game is going to be the same thing he's going to be good and they're be like okay he's hot right now and he played well preseason if that still turns out to be uh-huh. what if happens, he, if he yeah, pans out and be like, Okay, we're gonna ride him because like, he's, he, playing good. he's playing really good. Not that Cam Newton didn't play well, but we, we need to try things out here because, like, though, there's gonna be a stretch of games where they're gonna be like, We can easily win those games, yeah, and that's what they're gonna do. And then I think Mac's gonna play really well and they're gonna let him play until literally something um, happens um, yeah, until he cools down yeah or and then they're gonna be like okay doesn't. we need to talk who we think and and that and also part i guess i'll say what my patch prediction this year it's gonna be a wash season i think anyways yeah because of that situation also because mac jones is either gonna be not even in the conversation to play this year and cam Newton's gonna play the whole year because he only has one year on his contract mm-hmm. and they're just gonna let cam Newton do his thing yeah and Cam Newton should do his thing because he's agree. on contract here in He's most likely looking for his last contract in the field, though. I, Yeah, I agree. I think he should. Like, he I, I, I think ball. he should. It's just what I think is going to actually happen is they're going to mix up both of them, and then it's they're going to be like three games away from being like a wild card uh-huh. if that happens, and they're going to not know who, to, they're, yeah. and they're not going to know who to play, and then you can't win a game if you have two QBs. Right. Two QBs right. equals zero QBs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're not. That's what I think is going to happen. It's going to be a wash. In yeah. All right, uh next QB battle we have down in Philly. Uh this is a tough one. Uh Hertz and Joe Flacco. Um I don't think Joe Flacco even has a chance. No, that one was honestly my joke one. Uh so I, actually I have a few joke ones here. Um yeah, I got Hertz. Yeah, I man. think Hertz is gonna have a good sophomore year. Um Me too. Next up, this is actually one that I've been interested in and been watching a lot of. Um, was Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So I, I was going to get this kicked off, that's cool with you, unless you're really feeling it. I was just going to say, don't don't sleep on my boy, Teddy B. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the better player. But I think, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how much, like say 1 is Locke and Bridgewater is 10, I think it's like a 7. Mm-hmm. But I think it goes back down to a 5 because Locke is going to be a, what, a third-year guy. Yeah. So I think it goes back down to a five, and that just makes it a 50 50. I really do think this is like one of the 50 50 that anyone could like. Yeah. Not even like Cam versus Mac is a 50 50. That's like 70 30. Yeah. And Cam 70, Max like 30. I, I can really only see two 50 50s on this list. Yeah. And the other one, I don't know if you're seeing the same one as me, but the other one I don't think is as much of a 50 50 as this one. Yeah. So. I think Bridgewater is going to win this one, mm-hmm. and I think if the Broncos are having a great season, they're going to ride. They're going to ride Bridgewater because he played really well last year. Like he basically made up for all the losses that the Panthers mm-hmm. had yeah. last year with injuries, and they were, he he like he had a few game winning drives. He did, and he like looked really good. And so I feel like that will just be the. Teddy no, B is like no a like ride version yeah. of Fitz Magic where it's like he will be so good to start the season. Yeah. yeah no matter what. And, and and you'll still get a quality game out of him if you need him to come in at any time. Um, so yeah. You're taking Teddy B? Yeah. I think I'm gonna go to rock. Cause I think that Teddy B is gonna have a good year. The Broncos in general just aren't gonna be good enough. Mm-hmm to the point where it's like okay let's just run our young guns and see if he can progress even more and see if he can actually be our starter you know yeah um moving on we have this is actually i don't i know we were just saying this is my other one that's closest to a 50 50 i don't know if you're that was the I, one I you were saying yeah and i might have an interesting take for this one let's hear it so this is a close to a 50 50 and i want to say that it's Honestly, I can agree that this one is a 50-50 yeah. because the 49ers are in a position where their Super Bowl fallout was injuries. Yes. They have the same team mm-hmm. pretty much. And Jimmy G led that team just to, to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And now they have a young guy, Lance. Who hasn't played in two years. He didn't even play he hasn't, he last hasn't year. Played. And I wouldn't see why Jimmy wouldn't start the season if not play the whole season because it worked before. Yeah, and there was no real like, it, there was no real year after the Super Bowl to see if they still gel together. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I feel like because of injuries, I feel like they even wanted more. Yeah, because even Jimmy was hurt. He was hurt for like he was playing like a busted ankle like the whole year. The whole year. And um, the thing is, is like they're not the similar situation as the Pats, but they're also they're at the same like like dead point dead point where it's like do we do we just start or do we just give lance and, and, and the issue with happens? that is they're a good team they're just in a tougher division. they're in a tougher division and it's like okay we're close to maybe the toughest the division think about making a playoff run and now we don't where to start but i feel like you have to roll with jimmy 100 um so yeah that's what i was gonna say i think jimmy wins this battle because we're saying who's gonna be the winner of this battle And who's going to be like the starter for week 14, 15 Mm -hmm. down the stretch. But I think it's going to be one of those where Lance plays week 16, week 17, if they're out of playoff contention. Yeah. I was also going to say another thing is part of this battle is I think the 49ers are going to ship Jimmy. After this year. After this year. And I think they want him to play very well. And they want to get a good package and then bank on Lance as their future. Yeah, no, that's that's a good idea, and I, I agree with that 100%. Because, like we said, the Super Bowl fallout was very tough for them with injuries, but you have Bosa back now. You have Debo back at full strength. You have um, Kittle back at full strength, and Jimmy hopefully at full strength. Um, so give them one more year, or at least to see what happens in the first half of the season with that squad, because you, you pretty much have the same squad. Um, whereas... Like there's a very good chance that they can come back and be a great team again because they yeah. were. They had one of the best offenses in the league. They had one of the best defenses in the league, and that's why they went to the Super Bowl. It's as yeah, uh, simple as that. Uh, now they lost the Super Bowl, but they lost the Super Bowl to one of the greatest teams like ever. Yeah, if know. we're being honest. Um, and it was they put up a great fight against them too. Yeah, it wasn't like it was an awful game. Yeah. It was It was a battle, and I agreed that after this year. If it doesn't go as planned, Jimmy G needs to go, and you build around Trey Lance because these weapons that you have, I mean, you have Fred Warner on the defensive side of the ball. You have Bosa on the defensive side of the ball. You have Jaqueski Tart on the defensive side. You have Kittle. You have Debo. You have running backs. They're all young. their, Their biggest flip that they get, the biggest W they will take if they trade Jimmy is if they get a good corner yeah yeah exactly even if it's a pick and they drive it which i think that they should trade jimmy for a pick uh maybe a second and a third rounder i don't think they he can get a first rounder no. out of jimmy g unless they package something else but in my opinion you flip jimmy g maybe even you if you could flip jimmy g a second and a third for a first and a fourth mm-hmm. i would take that in a yeah. heartbeat after this year knowing that you have trey lance who He obviously didn't play last season, but his sophomore and junior season, and also he played in the FCS, but he was one of the best players in college football, FCS or FBS, does not matter. Just the way that he can throw, the way that that his patience in the pocket, not only his patience in the pocket, but when he knows that he has to escape the pocket, his willingness to do so, and his ability to do so is extraordinary, and he can really do it all. It's just the issue with him is he hasn't played in a year. He did not play, or two years, he didn't play last year, any college ball, because the whole opt-out thing. But you know who we saw that with, Will, and who I actually love to talk about with this, Mm -hmm. is we see it, and players come back better. We've seen it with James Wiseman in the NBA, and we've seen it with D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf wasn't all that at Ole Miss. He got hurt, had the potential to come back, but he just didn't. Well, you don't lose your ability if you're still working out. You right. know what I mean? You just lose the, your, the life. Only you just thing, your live experience. Exactly. The you're only really, thing you are missing, missing out on, on is really. the only thing you're missing out on is getting hit. Yeah. And like and like the jitters. Like you don't get those jitters. But when you're used to those jitters and you're from a school, now I keep saying yes, FCS, but he's also part of the best FCS dynasty ever yeah. at North Dakota State where he plays in big games for the FCS. I think he won in that. If not, I've no I know he's been to two. He's played in big games, FCS or FBS, all that BS aside. He's mm-hmm. played in those big games, he's had those jitters. He took the year off to get right. And he could be dangerous because of that cuz that allows him to focus on the things that he wasn't necessarily great at while still still working on the things that he's great at. And that just allows him to become a better player. Taking Think about this, Well, It's like comparing it to us, a couple of bozos, summer break, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're resetting our mind. We're just out there having fun. We're, we're not necessarily getting better at, like, being schoolwork or stuff like that, but we're getting our mind right. We're getting everything else right other than school, yeah. where it's when he takes that whole year off, He has no pressure, as we do right now. We have no pressure to do literally anything. All we do is work, right? We're just working during the summer. All he's doing is just working on the things, the small things that are going to make him a better NFL player, which if you're playing at North Dakota State, and he scrambled a lot. He ran a lot. So I can guarantee you, Will, that he worked a lot on his passing, compared to a scrambling because yeah. you're not playing so you don't have to actually run, run no. yeah so when you're not playing an actual game and relying on what you're already good at and not being able to actually work out what you're not good at in game you're taking a whole year to work out what you're not good at yeah so i think i love it i, I love it I, I don't think every game. player should do it but i love when one or two guys do it and it, it's really situational. And I was gonna say it doesn't really compare exactly to what I'm about to say, but it's kind of the same like mentality for these things. It's kind of like the G League, night. Yeah. Where like you choose not to go to school and you choose to play for literally against NBA players. Mm-hmm. Like they've got drafted already. They're just in the G League, and you just choose to just work on basketball. Which it's it's the same it's the same thing. I mean, it's just it's different because yep. you're not actually getting live reps. Right. In in the football scenario, mm-hmm. you're getting full live reps in G League night games yeah, or G League games in general. But I think it's the same It's the same type of transition. It's just what the live aspect. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because what I wanted to say, what I haven't said, and forgot to say about um, the summer league because we strictly talked about the Celtics, mm-hmm. I think Jalen Green is the best player in the draft. And I think that the reason that he wasn't the number one pick was because this is the first year of G League Ignite where Cade Cunningham was the number one pick, obviously. He was the number one recruit, went to Oklahoma Mm -hmm. State, great player. Jalen Green should have been the number one pick in my opinion. He averaged 18 points, whereas I want to say Cade averaged like 22. But Cade Cade averaged those against Big Ten basketball where Jalen Green averaged those against the step below. Well, they're 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 still NBA. Yeah, they're in the NBA. Exactly. And and what I was gonna say is, like, you have to think about like college basketball. Like, it it it's competitive. Everyone is competitive, right? But you also have to think. Not even a third of those guys you will see in the NBA. Nope. Nope. Like, sixty people get drafted a year, and about twenty of them make rosters a year. He, Jalen Green, played against. 100 percent of the people playing in the like not 100 percent of them playing at the nba mm-hmm. level but they're playing it's like they, they've either played in the nba for a few seasons or damn down, close or they're about to be in the nba yeah. they're in the same position as him except he just chose not to play um in college and the other thing is half of those people in the g league only were in college for two years yeah they're not even college graduates they're not even full College like athletes for all four years. Not that most of them are anyways, Mm -hmm. but like to compare the the level experience. Like some of those guys have been playing in the G League for like four years. Yeah, I know. And I love the idea of G League Ignite, and I think that at some point we're gonna have more than one G League Ignite team. That I don't even know what's gonna happen with that because the issue is the top players from here on out are going to want to play for the g-league ignite right yeah but not everybody is going to be able to play them because they need to keep one team just one team of g-league ignite and i love what they did how they had like older veterans that aren't in the nba anymore on that team to help them out i think they had one guard and one forward yeah which was awesome and i love that idea yeah yeah i love that idea and they need to keep one team because if, say, if you have three or four teams of kids not going to college, then at that point, it's pretty much just like college ball again because you're not playing against not pros. You're not playing against pros. I feel like it only needs to be one or two And teams that's at most. And that's why it's so awesome because the way that they're going to do it, and I'm pretty sure this is right because I, I think that I saw this when they were like discussing it, it's not a player opting to go play for them they have to get an offer to play for them and yeah. accept it. You're it's the same good. as college. You have to get an offer from that, from the Ignite to play for them. Yeah. There's only, I want to say, let's just say, let's throw up 10 spots for players skipping college. Uh,
1: all, all there are the
2: veterans and I don't think they have 15. I think it's 13 men on the roster. So the three vets that are going to help coach you while play with you, which is like such a good idea. And then you have who, – who's the coach of that team? I forget. It it's I a was, very was good going, coach. I was going to say, I mean, I don't think this has a very – the same impact. But, you know, like the NCAA is now have the player rules, so you can, like, make money while you're playing. Yep. Do you think they did that to compete with the Ignite? 100%. They, they did that um, because March Madness is – well, as me, you know me, a sport management major. Yeah. I know actually a lot about this, so I'm glad that you brought it up. March Madness, Will, brings in 90% of the NCAA's record. Yeah, that makes a lot of 90% sense. and it pays it pays for I think I remember 15 of their varsity sports. So like the small sports like wrestling, gymnastics, ones that nobody watches. So without March Madness, there's no Division 1 or D2, D3 wrestling, there's no gymnastics, there's no cheerleading, there's no equestrian, there's none of that. There's nothing. Because of March Madness. And that's not mm-hmm. just the college football playoff anymore. That's March Madness that makes ninety percent of the NCAA's revenue. Not, not like all the bowl games or all that. The bowl games don't actually make that much. No, it's March Madness because that is strictly NCAA. That is the reason that they did the NIL. They need those top players to come in because without, say, all top ten of those players go to the ignite, you're missing out on big high school names that kids our age and kids will. Because think about it, we remember. I'd say from seventh grade up, mm-hmm. we've seen the best high school player choose their school. We've actually been interested in it Yeah, because we can relate to that age. Their biggest market of people that watch it, are kids our age and high school kids. Cause they look at these kids that are around the same age and doing so well. And they're like, damn, this is sick. Right. Yeah. So when they see these kids go straight to the G league ignite, they're like, damn, this is sick. Now I can just watch the league instead of watching March Madness, which the NBA who had canceled like the whole straight out of high school jump and started the one and done rule um, with the age restrictions, missed out on a lot of money because those big names, like we remember Kobe, remember Bron, remember KG. Well, we don't remember because that was before we were born, but like we know they made the jump straight out of players that are most well known. Yeah. The jump. They, we, saw that once again with Mello, mellow because he didn't go to college and we knew he was going to be good yeah and we have been watching Mello will since we were in sixth grade and he was too and we were watching like his a overseas and i think that was like yeah honestly i think playing overseas is a good um is a good route and speaking of that i know we're we're still talking about the nfl yeah but uh nico Mannion uh just officially signed with team italy
1: yeah, that's and then he
2: also signed so he, he's on team well, He's on, in Italy, yeah we officially signed with like the Italian the basketball league. I think it's like Paris. Yeah, but Is he, he playing for PSG. No, no, no. He's playing he's playing yeah. for an Italian team. Oh he's no, playing, not Paris. Uh, I don't know, I thought it was France. He's playing he's playing in Italy. And like, I mean you can like he like he was disgusting in college. Yeah, he was disgusting in high school. Too. He was disgusting in high school. And he also played decently when he was in the NBA. Like, he, like, for the few games that he played, he actually looked like he was all right. You know what I mean? Like, he just needs a couple of years of that, and he'll move on, and he'll be, like, decent. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know the pronunciation, because I'm reading Virtus Baloney. But I can guarantee you it's definitely not pronounced Baloney. It's not. Bologna. No, but yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, and, I, and I was going to say... Nico like, Manian can play in the NBA. He can play in the NBA, and I think he it just loves, loves Italy. I, well, that too, but I also think that's, like, his step in between him and the NBA. Well, he's – I think he's doing that for, like, in three, four yeah. years. He's going to be nasty. In the he's years. not going to be an NBA starter next year or the year after that. In Italy, he's going to be the best player in the league. He's going to be the best player in the league, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be the starting point guard on that team. Right. And he's going to be nasty. It's going to be like a yeah, Yeah, he's going to be playing against really, really good players – in the EuroLeague because they play tough in the rules. And are it's different. gonna give him this goes back to Mac. You know, I said he's playing scared. Nico Mannion can't afford to mess up because he'll just get cut. He's not he's not someone on the Warriors that they necessarily need. Not at all. Where he can go to Italy and just ball out and he doesn't if he messes up, so what? He's the best player on the team. Yeah.
1: So like, he that well.
2: really allows he's him can to can open speed. up his bag and really take that next step. He also learns Curry for a whole year. Yeah. Awesome. And they were like boys on that team too. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, after that whole G League rant, which I believe was actually a very good one. Um, moving on, we have Lawrence versus Minchu. <laughs> um, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I got Minchu. Next up, <laughs> we've got Fields versus Dalton. Dalton. I got Give Fields. Fields. Um, and then this is my final one before we get to Will's one where he's being dead serious. <laughs> um Tyrod Taylor versus Deshaun Watson. Now this I don't is even know what to say. This is the only one where it's like, why it's Watson, but like, this isn't a skill thing. <laughs> you know? No, this isn't like a like a an actual battle. It's more of like a well, it's a battle, but it's not. It's like a front office. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say. It. It's like it's basically everything that a QB battle is, but it's not. Yeah, it, there, there's still a battle there, but it's not between Deshaun Watson and Tyrod Taylor, it's just like whoever they choose. It's not, right, even. It's because, not even, it's not even like, and it's I not see, because of it's the not ability, even like, for example. It's like, okay, I see uh Jimmy doing better than Lance, Jimmy's now going to start. Yeah. It's going to be like, okay, Deshaun Watson might get traded tomorrow, Tyrod Taylor is our starter. Yeah, exactly. And what I also want to say about Tyrod Taylor is, I feel so so bad for him. He led the Bills to the playoffs, and then signed a contract with um, what team was it? Uh, what team did he sign a contract with first? And then they drafted a quarterback, and then he got hurt, and the quarterback was nasty. It was Baker. It was Baker. Yeah, and then he went to the Chargers, and then it was Herbert. Yeah, he's still good. Like the last time well, that they, they did it on purpose, they punctured his lung. <laughs> I know, and it wasn't even like he didn't even get hurt like during game. He got hurt from a team doctor. Yeah. And Tyrod Taylor, the last time he played a full season, led a team that wasn't actually that good to the playoffs. Yeah, sure Tyrod Taylor's a starting quarterback. He just has gotten hurt every year. Yeah. Like it's just it's not his fault. Yeah. Um, and then the last QB battle here will, um, which is yours.
1: the the one that you put up this was
2: the biggest i just wanted to do this as a joke because i thought it was hilarious one because i actually didn't know where this yeah before 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 the recording will asked me what happened to this dude and i told him what team he was on and he had no idea i had zero clue that mitch trubisky was on the bills yeah so basically there's a huge battle going down in buffalo right now between josh allen and mitch trubisky yeah i mean you really don't really know who's going to win this one i mean Coming at it from this perspective, um, one's going to be an MVP and one already is an MVP. An MVP. I'm, my bad, an MVP. And at the end of the day, one has already won something, the other hasn't, you know? <laughs> you got a point there. No, but in all seriousness, like, I actually think Josh Allen might win MVP this year. Yeah. I think he, like, is, like, He has ready to be weapons, too, and he has the the skill too, and the and the third part is they're having fun while doing all that yeah so that means the it the just makes him happy and he's just gonna be playing um, fun. i actually wanted to talk about this trubisky thing i just want to say one thing the reason why will asked me was we were we watched sports center while we record or we watched like we'll watch a bunch of different things while we record yeah. together we were watching um field still the ball around and we we're just, like showed andy Dolan and will goes. what happened to mitch (laughs) and i'm like i'm like like, what do you mean he's like well where's mitch i'm like in buffalo it's like what (laughs) like mitch is in buffalo like he's not on the Bears anymore and (laughs) like the funniest thing ever because yeah because i just had zero it happened dude it happened in like may or whenever free agency started it was like the first day of free agency like i thought that was hilarious I honestly like one. I definitely saw it happen. I just forgot. Yeah, because it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. But like it, just like I saw the Bears, and immediately I just think like Bears Mitch because that's like because that's that's all I know. Yeah, Yeah. that's all you should know. Um. So, anyways, to wrap up this episode, I just wanted to say with the Cowboys being on hard knocks in the past twenty four seasons, will they've been on hard knocks three times? Mm -hmm. In the past twenty four seasons, will they've been in the playoffs three times? Yeah, so, that. with uh, that, Dak that coming back, Zeke on a contract year. As we said, who um, did I say was going to win D-Roy and he's going to be the best rookie out of this class? Micah Parsons mm-hmm. leading that defense. There is so much hype around them that I even heard someone on ESPN say Super Bowl or Bust. Now, I just wanted to say the Cowboys are not good. They're, the best that they can be is a wild card football team. They're not better than the Washington football team. They're at the same level as the Giants, and I don't even think they're going to be better this year than the Eagles. I think they will finish third. Where do you pull Super Bowl or bust? Um, I don't know. It's don't like you have to make the playoffs. Yeah, first? right. Super Bowl like Bowl or bust? They're acting just, like, like, like this just is the, team, just. They're acting like this is like Tom Brady's final year. Like that's the last time I heard Super Bowl or bust. Like this team's gonna be here. It's not like Zeke is gonna leave next year. Where is he gonna go? Everybody has a running back. And if they don't have a running back, they're going to draft a running back because there's so many good people that can run the football. Dak is going to be in Dallas. Their offensive line is healthy now. No, actually. But it doesn't matter. Like, I, I, get, I think I they get, can make the playoffs, but it's not Super Bowl or bust. It, the reason why is because you look at the roster and you're like, how does this team not do good? But we've looked at their roster, Will, since we were born, and we're like, how is this team not good? Even during the Tony Romo-Des Bryant days. It's like it's the Cowboys, bro. They were good when also, our dads were actually Like it. speaking of uh, Tony Romo, uh, he's eligible for the Hall of Fame this year. As he should be. I wanted to talk about that, too. Thank you. I, saw, I saw that uh, the other day when he was eligible for the Hall of Fame. I actually have a list of people somewhere. I've out a lot of things. Okay. So I have a, a lot of big names here, uh, starting with Tony Romo, and then we have Steve Smith, mm-hmm. and then we have Andre Johnson, and Juan Bolden, who was like my hero. We have Robert Mathis, who's mm-hmm. gonna make it. Demarcus Ware, mm-hmm. who I didn't even know he retired. Um, Vince Wilfork. Yep, I remember him on that list. Oh, I was like, I'm I was not, like, yeah, no sit. Sure. You remember Vince? Wilfork. Yeah, Wilford. no, I remember. Take your Pats, man. Chad Greenway, who I don't know who that is. I'm not positive. And then Mario Williams, who I believe is really? the dude on the Bills. Yes, he was on the Bills. Yeah. So I mean, a stacked class. I agree. Um I feel like we should save who our thoughts are for a later episode though. Yeah, no, we will. I just wanted to throw that, that out is there. a very very good class. Um still never gonna forget the memes on um, Thanksgiving for um, Cowboys and Tony Rome Plate. yeah. There's Thanksgiving turnovers. They're yeah. always yeah. really good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh well, Will, unless you have anything else. That is it. Um yeah, we're gonna wrap this one up here. Um, so hope you guys enjoy it. as always. We will see you guys next week. Shout out Andre Drummond and Peace. on the beat, by
0: the way. You say you be getting cash, okay. What's the facts? We gon' run up being stash. Police show me like a rash. You say you be getting packs, okay? Got this in nice, and my shooters where you at guarantee you getting whack.